Broadcasting live from the Wellness Wonderland, you're listening to the Wellness Wonderland Radio. I'm Katie, and each week I chat with the most inspirational people on the planet on how to stay inspired in all areas of life. As you listen, feel free to tweet at me, at Katie Dalebout, or use the hashtag Wellness Wonderland. I'd love to hear your aha moments. So grab your headphones and listen on the go, or cuddle up with a notebook as we dive in deep with authentic conversations right here in Wonderland. Welcome back, everyone. Today is an extremely special day on the Wellness Wonderland radio because our guest is not only New York Times bestselling author and inspirational speaker, Kundalini guru, Gabrielle Bernstein, but as you know, I mention her almost every day. I am in love with her. I connect with her more than anything. She profoundly changed the course of my life. I adore this woman so much and I say this all of the time, but she's she's never let me down. She's one of those people who is exactly who she is on stage and on TV and on her social media platforms. She's the most authentic person I've ever met and really can show me what's possible in the world. I am just like full of butterflies and so excited to talk with you, Gabby. So thank you so much for doing this and stopping by. Oh my God, I love you. It's so good to be here. And I appreciate your enthusiasm and all that you do to support me. And I'm so grateful that I'm here. So thank you, baby. Thank you. Mm. Oh, I just feel so, I feel like I'm hugging you right now. I mean, I'll, just, <laughs> I'll sit in my little meditation space and think about you and your work and literally cry like it just it it just I'm ah, I could go on but anyways (laughs) this is what I have to tell you this story so I woke up this morning and I was like knew I was going to talk to you today so I was like excited and nervous and just knew there was a lot I wanted to ask you and a lot you know of questions that people sent me and I was just psyched right so I you know I heard this ego voice of like you know, you only have so much time and get, pick the best questions and make sure it helps people. And But you always all, also want to ask, you know, what you want to know and all these things, right? And then I listened to I some force within me, my ing, as we know, told me to watch your TED Talk, which is hilarious. And I don't know if you remember. I'm sure you remember this. But um, I've seen your TED Talk like upwards of 20 times, but at the beginning of the talk, you talk about how in your mind, before you were giving your TED Talk, you kept hearing 18 minutes. We only have 18 minutes. Mm-hmm. And I was having that exact like conversation in my mind. So you, through coaching yourself, coached me through that about time <laughs> when I watched your TED Talk. So it was just... It was. Yeah, I'm always led to the exact perfect Gabby, you know, whether it's vintage Gabby, I like to call like Aang and old stuff or like the newest video vlog, whatever it is. It's like the perfect message I need to hear. So that was no different. Today, my, the concept in my mind was really about time. Like I have all these things I want to do in the world and today being one of them that you know, I just go back and my ego's super strong with there's not enough time, right? And you, I know you have a great video vlog on this and, and I've heard you talk about it a little bit before, but um, I know that the prayer, I'm here to be truly helpful, can really help time expand. But I'd love for you to talk about that concept a little bit and um, time expanding when you're living your purpose. Yeah, good question. Well, um, you know, I think that when we're eager to do anything in life 
we can get a little hung up about wanting to get it done in a time frame that may not be our, you know, the, the higher plan for us. And so I think that when we really start to see things speed up and we start to experience the synchronicity of life and we start to experience a genuine amount of support is when we stop caring so much about time, when we stop uh, putting so much emphasis on when is this going to happen or how is this going to happen. And so I think that there's, uh, and there's definitely an experience of time expanding when you let go of expectations and allow. And uh, I'm actually in that place right now where I'm where I'm practicing what I preach um, just because I'm a month, well, you know, this will be out by the time my book comes out. But yeah. while we're recording this, we're about a month away from the launch. And so, which right now while you're listening to this, the book has launched. So hopefully everything yeah. that we say on this call will have manifested when, <laughs> when this comes out. It will, um, it will. But um, so I'm in this space of, oh my God, there's so much to do. How am I going to make it all happen in a month? How am I going to get there? And then the only place for me to turn is inward. The only place for me to go is to really listen and to, like you said, ask for time to expand. And and I believe that, that the, what I heard yesterday was, you know, spend more time in sadhana in my spiritual practice and less time doing in order to get all that I need to get done. So that seems so counter, uh, that doesn't seem productive. It sounds, it seems so difficult for our ego to understand that if we would be in our spiritual practice longer, well then how are we going to allow things to grow? How are we going to get things to happen? And, and truthfully, I, I feel that that is, is not a comfortable place for most people to dwell in. They want to really just be in the practice of doing, doing, doing. But the more we, use our energy to really raise our vibration, come to a more peaceful state. The more we meditate, the more we pray, the more surrendered and serene we are. And in effect, the more we can get done, the more energy we have, the more focused we are, uh, and the more magnetic we become. So that was the message I received. So I think that to sort of give you a roundabout answer to that question, uh, how do we make time expand? Um, well, spend more time in our sadhana, spend, spend more, uh, dedicated, committed time in that spiritual practice. And we will begin to support the, uh, time throughout our day to become much more powerful and much more impactful. Um, so the, yeah. And then, you know, time becomes kind of irrelevant eventually. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I, I think you have a great, um, vlog on this I can pick out and, and, um, put the link down below here too. But you know, you the title of it I think was slowing down to speed up. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's it seems counterintuitive, but it's the only way to do it. And it's something I've definitely learned from you. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, it's it's not something that's easy for us to grasp when we when we think about that. We think that oh, the more I push, the more I do, the more the more you know. We, we as of course, the miracles would say we give pain purpose. And we think that the the more burnt out we are, the more successful we are. Um, I'm happy to say that I've unlearned that fear based belief, and I've chosen to believe something different. And that that, that takes that takes discipline. Yeah, for sure. And it's um, and I think it's a, also like a personality thing too. I know you've talked about you know having that mindset of you know the effort, let's go. And there's there's so much I feel it you know in myself too that there's so much I want to do and create and be that. Um, that slowing down something I definitely really have to focus on pushing myself to slow down you know right right so yeah definitely. I think that's huge so 
The next thing I want to talk about is that special relationship, right? So I am going to call out my ego to you and let everyone in the Wellness Wonderland hear that, as you know, I've made you quite special. And <laughs> I think I've, I've heard you say that um, you would realize you had done this with your mentor, Marianne Williamston, and you outed your ego to her. So I'm doing that here for everyone to hear. And so my question is then, how do you release that special relationship with a mentor, someone you just respect and admire so deeply, or a romantic partner, whatever it is for you? Could you talk about releasing that specialness a bit? Well, I think my friendship with Marianne is a great example. I, I feel that as a result of uh, outing my ego, as you just did, and and <laughs> also good. just yeah, yeah, and and just one day at a time just seeing her as as such a power of example for me and seeing her as a as human and seeing her in all that she is i was able to sort of release that special specialness and that idol that we make of people and and well i i guess the best the best thing to express is that when we let that go we can actually truly enjoy the relationship for what it is and we can honor and admire and love the person in a very easygoing way um, that feels more connected and feels more real. Uh, whereas when we make someone special, uh, there is a sense of inadequacy that we're placing upon ourselves. Like I'm not good enough. I'm not. I'm not that. That that, that is not me. And as Yogi Bhajan would say, recognize the other person is you. In in the case of making someone special, we're saying, well, they're separate from me, and that separation is what the ego does to keep us away from that interconnectedness and that faith in oneness. And once again, just like we were saying with the other tip of, you know, how to expand time, all of these beliefs that are spiritual beliefs, metaphysical beliefs are very, very difficult for our ego to understand. In many cases, you'd be thinking, well, how can I possibly not make my husband special or my boyfriend special or that guy that I like or that, or that mentor or that, you know, or that uh, teacher, whoever it may be. Uh, it can be extremely confusing to the ego in, in even having that inner dialogue, the, the contemplating, how could I possibly let that go? But when you do, it really allows for such a genuine, easygoing, loving friendship to occur between two people that just becomes about mutual intentions of support and love and, and, and less about how can I get that person to like me more or what can I get from them or how much can I give them so they'll give me more and all that kind of just disappears. Yeah. And so I think if you at least know where you're going and know what the benefit and the outcome is of releasing those special idol illusions, you, you can uh, start to really have a deeper desire to work towards that in your relationships. And so uh, how do you get there? You know, you just started, you outed it by saying, hey, well, this isn't, this isn't real. I recognize this isn't real. Though it feels like it's really real, I, I know differently. I know that that is not the truth. And, and starting to see that, that all that is shiny that you see in me is just really who you are. And yeah. accepting that. Ego. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Really, really true. And, and super cool to see that, you know, what I admire in you, I, I think I heard you say this once, and God, I listened to so much Gabby, I don't know where, but mm. what, I, what I heard you say was that, you know, when, when you see something you admire in someone else, that means it's in you somewhere, and, you know, that was really a big shift for me, and, and I think is really helpful for people. 
Yeah, and I think it's also important to know that when you see negative things in other people and you want to talk poorly about them and you want to put them down, it's usually the stuff that you yeah. don't like about other people is a disowned part of your own shadow, right? So that's a part of you that you don't want to look at. So, because, yeah. you know, it's easy to look at, you know, sometimes you have people you care about and you're like, oh, yeah, they just got that stuff, right? But then there's mm-hmm. folks and you're like, you get hooked into it. I really don't like that part of them. That, that, that seems really creepy. Um, you know, and you want to talk about it and you get mad about it. And if it's making you mad and it's making you uncomfortable, then, then it's important to look at yourself and to say, okay, well, what, what am I not owning within me? And why, why am I being so triggered by that? That's actually a lesson in miracles now, which is what we don't like about others is a disowned part of our own shadow. And so uh, it's a great way of pivoting and looking inward and, and seeing what we need to heal. Oh, and so, so good. Yeah, because you can, you, exactly, that's right. And you can, because you can create specialness in the opposite direction where you're making making yourself more special. Yeah. Well, I'm not like that. Well, you know, look a little closer at yourself. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that was something too, you know, that conversation of specialness, it was something, you know, I wanted, I wanted to get into this too, but we can just get into it right now. I, you know, for me, I, I know you know this, your course, Finally Full, which, you know, is available for people to buy, which I cannot recommend anymore. It's amazing. But you can you can even make food special, right? You know, you can, mm-hmm. you can make anything special. And I think that that's, you know, why I wanted to bring this up and out myself. But really, it's, you know, I've made a lot of things special. It isn't just Gabby. And it's like really going inward and figuring out what that is and how to release that, I think, is kind of the first step. Yeah. Which is yeah. a huge mm-hmm. thing that you taught me. So mm-hmm. I love that. So hearing um, your background and going back to your, your story with Marianne Williamston and how when you first got started um, on this path of making this your career, and I always love the story. Every time I hear you tell the story of um, your background and how you got into this work, but I love when you said to her, how do you suggest you sh- – how does she suggest you share this message with your generation? And now you've done it and, and such an, and are doing it and will continue to do it. I can't wait to see what you're, what you're going to be teaching in, in 10 years and we're all levitating, right? But, um, <laughs> but you know, you're doing such amazing, amazing things. And I remember when I first spoke to you, I, I nervously called into your radio show and, and asked the same thing, but I know I'm not alone. And there's so many people, especially who are listening right now to the Wellness Wonderland, who want to carry this message to our generation and the next generation. What is some advice that you have? And, and I know um, you have a course coming up that is going to cover this as well. Maybe you could talk about that a little bit too. Well, first of all, I mean, I can remember that moment like it was yesterday, Katie, and really? I it, it makes me, me want to cry. Yeah, it makes me cry. Like it's such a it was such a deep moment for me. I was just remember I literally my eyes are closed. I'm taking myself there right now. So really, mm. I was with my best friend Michaela, who you've interviewed here, Love and that. um, and we were in we, we drove out to New Jersey from New York City, and we went to see Marianne at a interfaith church and. There are all these like banners up on the on the walls of the church. You know, only love is real, and I I thought that you know at the time I thought Marianne like went on the road with these like you know really cool banners. Yeah. <laughs> it just turns her out that, like the church did it for her. Um, yeah, exactly. Like it was her set, um, and we watched her speak. And then I remember getting my hand up, and she just like like zoned right to me, and 
I looked at her and I Chills. said, so you cool know, to hear this in detail. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was crazy. And, and I asked her exactly what you said, you know, how would you suggest I share this with my generation? And I mean, she just locked in, you know, locked in so clear. And there was, a, it was, a, you know, the Holy Spirit was there saying, you, you know, telling her, listen up, help this girl, knees. you know, help, help her and honor her is yeah. what, you know, I'm sure was coming through her. Mm-hmm. And, um, and she just said exactly what you said, you know, do the workbook, read the text, do the teacher's manual, get on your knees and ask God what he plans for you to do and how you can share this with your generation. And um, I think about that time, and I mean, it was so groovy. It was so right on, and it, and it, was, so, uh, it, was, it was so clear and so, uh, so kind and generous yeah. of her to just demonstrate that kind of respect to me. And um, and she's continued to, and she's a great friend, and she's a great teacher, and she is now off and doing incredible things in the world. And so uh, it, it's, it's wild to have those experiences where you look back. But what my hope is for all of you listeners, particularly because you've got such a young, groovy crowd of young women in their 20s potentially listening to this and, and men as well, that there's there's a real call for us right now, and there's a real need for for light workers and there's a real need for miracle workers and there's a real need for uh, like-minded people and there's a call for greater service in the world. And so if anyone's listening to this show right now, they've signed a spiritual invitation. They've signed an invitation that they're willing to do more in the world and serve more in the world and, and, and heal themselves so they can heal others. And and, you know, a lot of times, you know, in my book, Miracles Now, it's, you know, 108 life-changing tools to reduce stress, find more flow, and find your true purpose. That's what it says. And so you can sort of say, well, what is my purpose? How am I going to find my purpose? And really what I believe about all of the work that I do is helping people release all of the all of the blocks, all of the fear that's in the way of accepting what their purpose is for the reason that they are here today. And so as as that call becomes louder for more miracle workers and more leaders, it's our duty to accept our purpose, which is all the same. We all have the same purpose. Our purpose is to learn and heal, learn and teach, and unlearn all the fear that we believed that was true, and then tell the story of how we got there. Because this place that we live in here, this world that we live in is just a great learning device. It's a great classroom. And if we're going to be in this classroom, it's our job to learn with love and learn and have a good time while we learn. And as we, as we learn more love and unlearn the fears, we feel prompted and called to share that work in some way. And so whether you're a school teacher, whether you're a banker, whether you're, it doesn't really matter what your vocation is, your life purpose is to share the story of how you daily on a moment-to-moment basis transform your fears to love and through forgiveness you tell that story through prayer you tell that story through your intentions you tell that story and so if you are hearing that call then it is time to rise up if you have not heard that call there may be a moment right now where you may be thinking well yeah I do believe there's more for me than just you know waking up each day and focusing on what I can get right and uh and that's a real shift in life when we really accept that purpose, that my purpose is to unlearn the fears that I was trained to believe in and remember the love that I really am and tell the story and teach other people to accept that. 
if we if we start to really accept that, then then life becomes much more magical because we're not waking up every day thinking, well, my purpose is to make more money, or my purpose is to be more famous, or my purpose is to, uh, you know, find that perfect partner. Or my purpose is to look this way. Or my purpose is to keep healing, and my purpose is to keep sharing how I heal. And that is a groovy way to live. Mm. Oh my gosh, I can't stop smiling. So good. I mean, what's what's coming up for me is that. Um, that I think it's a line from A Course in Miracles that you say that I know it's in May Cause Miracles too. I'm here to be truly helpful. And that has just really been groovy for me because it kind of takes the pressure off. It's like, that's all I've got to do, right? Like, you know, I, I know you. I've heard you say this before when you're like first getting started and you're, you were like, oh, why am I not Marianne Williamson right now, you know? And I, you know, I feel that like, I, I just want to, I just want to help people. And I really just like, I always ask people on this show, um, you know, what your, we'll get to this, but what, if you could have a superpower, what would it be? And I was thinking about that. If someone asked me that and, and mine is like, I just want to implant Gabrielle Bernstein books into people's minds. (laughs) That would be my superpower to like mind, go into people's minds and like implant these principles of unlearning and show people that there is a better way. You can live in your wellness wonderland and all you have to do is be authentic and be real. And and that's what you've taught me, Gabby. Honestly, like, you know, when I first like got to meet you and, and talk with you, I was just I was so strung up on, you know, excitement and, and just in this way of like this amazing, cool person doing these amazing, cool things. But what I really learned and, and something you really shared with me is just be real, you know, like you're just a person, you're a really groovy person I love, but you're just a person. And if, if I can just be my authentic self talking to my ing, talking to your ing and, and like that with anybody, whether it's Gabby who I love or the person on the street who I don't even know, you know, I, I think that's really the biggest lesson I hope people take away from this. Yeah, yeah, and I mean, I think that's a daily practice, right? Of just creating that that interconnectedness between all people that you meet. Um, it's not easy, you know. I was um, in my pottery class tonight, and I really was excited about going to pottery. And I, I, I so ceramics class, and I've just become addicted to the wheel, to spinning the wheel. And I, you know, sit my ass down at the wheel, and it's like no one else does the wheel, so they're all in the room like hand building, and you know, it's. A, class of six people but I was like so thrilled to be by myself and I was like great I'm gonna just do two hours of being in the wheel and I was gonna totally be there and then in walks this girl who's you know a little negative Nancy in my class and she's like <laughs> wah, wah. and she sits down next to me and she's like you know there's five or six wheels she just chooses the wheel like right in my face <laughs> and like she's like you know you really need to have you know your bucket under your wheel cause it's gonna spray on me I was like I actually don't like using the bucket. Maybe <laughs> sit across the room, you know, like she just was like up in my face. And I just sat there. I was like, Holy Spirit, what would you have me learn from this? You know? And so I just surrendered. And, you know, what, what was there? It was an opportunity to be of service. This woman sat down next to me, started telling me about how she's a Hasid- Hasidic Jew. She, you know, is very young and she moved here and she very feels terrible that she's not married yet. And, you know, here I am. And I'm like, oh, okay, let's talk about this. What can I, how can I help you? Um, is there a message I can, or can I just hold space to hear you, right? And so my pottery wasn't that great. And did I have like the most meditative class? Not necessarily. And was I alone, you know, grooving out with my clay? No, but I had a nice opportunity to be of service. 
And so, you know, we have a plan that's ours, and then we're given a greater plan. And sometimes when we're given that greater plan, it's not exactly what we wanted. It's just right. like, so. <laughs> Which is really cool because it's like you, you, could, you had a choice there, right? You could have either, you know, been like upset and not helped her because you're upset that she's in your space. You're not able to have your meditative time. Or you took the call, as you did, to help her. And even though that wasn't really what you were, you know, wanting to do anyways, but you did that. And then afterwards, you know, you felt good from helping her because that's the only choice we really have. You know, you can either feel not good for not helping, but then you can feel like you did something by helping, you know. And, and that's where it goes back to you're, we're here to be truly helpful. We're meant to do that. And so here's the quote. I'll, I'll give you the quote. So it's beautiful. It says, I am only here to be truly helpful. I'm here to represent him who sent me. I do not have to worry about what to say or what to do because he who sent me will direct me. I am content to be wherever he wishes, knowing he goes there with me. I will be healed as I let him heal me. And Or actually, no, it's I will be healed as I let him teach me to heal. Mm. And so that, wow, man, right? Yeah. Yeah, nice one. That's what yeah. I was trying to say. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm, so freaking good. So I would love to talk a little bit more relationships um, a little bit and go into that mentoring relationship. I think for some people, for a lot of people, um, and my, myself included, you know, you, you think of it could be construed as a really one-sided relationship. And I love, you know, some of your early lectures, Vintage Gabby, you talk a bit, you did a, a couple mentoring lectures, and um, you talked about this mentor-mentee relationship being so two-sided, not focusing on what you can get, but how you, you can serve. And you mentioned that a little bit earlier, but maybe you could talk a little bit more about that. Yeah, so I, I think, you know, um, that we have a responsibility as we begin to heal ourselves and, and as we start to grow and learn that we have a responsibility to carry the message. We have a responsibility to help other people accept their call to do the same. And if we don't do that and we think, you know, I'm the only one that's supposed to tell this story, then we've got it all wrong, right? And so whatever that story is that you feel called to tell, you know, make sure that you are guiding others to tell it too, that you're teaching people to carry that message. And holding the space and holding the energy for other people to create and step in. And uh, a great thing that changed my life purpose and mission and path and also the way that I live in my career and the way that I live in life was when I became a, a yoga a yoga teacher. And um, this was about a year and a half ago and I went through Kundalini Yoga and Meditation Teacher Training and I learned Yogi Bhajan's beautiful commitment to students, which is I'm not here to become a disciple. I'm here to be, I'm here to create teachers. I'm not here to create disciples. I'm here to create teachers. And that changed me. That changed me deeply. That our work is to let ourselves be healed so that we can heal others, right? That we are here to not necessarily and he and so that they can be guided to tell the story too so we're not necessarily here to 
create a following and create uh, this this band of disciples. I mean, nothing makes me happier, Katie, than seeing you shine, right? Seeing you get your book deal, seeing you have all this, you know, uh, this voice in the world and to take the principles that you're applying in your life and make them your own and, and bring them out into the world. I mean, that, that to me, then I can sit there and say, job well done, right? So I can say that to myself and yeah. to you, job well done, yeah. because that, that, there, that there has been a container for you to feel, feel that you have the power to express these truths. And so anyone that's listening may now be looking to you and saying, well, I want to do that too. And, and so just continue on Katie's path, seeing that that light that you see in her is your light. And so, you know, accepting that this is, this isn't about, about, this is about creating more teachers. If we all sort of accept that, okay, well, I need to teach myself so that I can teach others. If we accept that truth, then, that's that will that will save the world <laughs> that, and I, I don't even mean to laugh about that that's that's a real serious point <laughs> i just love you so much but the the quote that's coming into my mind now is you used to say this a lot in some of your early lectures we are here to midwife the dreams of others right yeah and, i don't know that that's my quote that that might have been i want to say that's like julia cameron or yeah. somebody else might have said that just to clarify yeah, but yeah. it's a good one yeah uh-huh. yeah, yeah but it kind of reminds me of that and it's just um Mm, it's just so good and like I think for me the biggest lesson that was that is really helpful in my life um, that you taught me is you know just that lesson of patience those who are certain of the outcome can afford to wait and wait without anxiety right and I think in a mentoring relationship that's a really important thing to remember that just like any other relationship or romantic relationship or friendship you just have to be patient and get to know that person as a person and what they like and you know just like if you were dating someone right there's no need to rush it and it's awkward if you do and and just if that doesn't feel good to anybody so I think just understanding that it's just like what Yogi Bhajan said you know such a rad dude just recognize the other person as you and and feel them just as a person and really have that patience I think is is kind of like the most crucial thing there yeah definitely so okay so speaking of romantic relationships so you recently got married to Zach and you guys have the most amazing relationship and I I just love you know your marriage with him and I heard in another podcast um that you um bless him every morning you guys pray together and have some kind of traditions I was wondering if you would share any of like your traditions that you have or anything that you would want to share about just the beautiful relationship you have sure um so I feel very very blessed to be in the relationship I'm in um it's not without a lot of hard work, that's for sure. Um, but I will say to anyone that's in relationship, or really everybody, that it's worth every moment that you put in. And even sometimes if you're not supposed to be in that relationship, it's worth, you know, all that you were there to learn. Um, and, you know, when you, when you may part, you part and you know that you learned what you needed to learn too. So I think that's, that's brilliant. But uh, in, my, in my marriage, I feel uh, just very, very blessed that I have, that, that I have chosen my greatest teacher to be my husband and it's never a dull moment and I posted something on Instagram my husband's a lot like a cat and um, I posted this picture on Instagram today that said um, I, I want you to pet me but I kind of want to bite you <laughs> 
And so that describes my husband. And um, and so (laughs) being, so so that's a great, it's a great challenge to be with somebody that, you know, you know that that you have to learn their ways and, and, and then, and then vice versa, because I have my own stuff. And so it's, it's such a cool thing to be in a partnership where you're constantly bringing the truth to the surface. And so I think that's probably one of our greatest rituals, which is to always be bringing the truth forward. I'm feeling this way. I want, let's work through this. I, you know, uh, and, and no denial of the truth. And in that space, there is a creation of, of real mutual respect and admiration and healing at all times. And so I think that, that if you're not being authentic in your relationship, then you might as well, you know, move on. Really, it's in, in that authentic truth is where the true healing occurs and where true connection occurs. And so I think that would probably be my greatest tip for anyone in relationship. And uh, our other rituals, like you heard, like you said, I bless him every morning. I ask for all the angels to guide him and protect him and watch over him. And I, I, I bless his day and, I, and whatever else may be going on. In particular, I'll bring it in. And, um, and I continue to, to dwell in that blessing of, of releasing him and letting him go. And, and I heard Marianne say that many years ago. She, a woman said, well, you know, how do I know when I'm supposed to let go of my husband? And she said, every morning. <laughs> mm-hmm. I was like, mm-hmm. So that's my practice is to release him every day. As, as he's walking in the door, as we say this, how funny is that? <laughs> oh my gosh, of course, not surprised. Um, so, I, hi Zach. <laughs> yeah, hi Zach. <laughs> <laughs> so, I, I've shared this with you before, but I love listening to, you know, what I call vintage Gabby, you know, your, your old lectures to your lectures now, they're amazing and great, and I would just love to know from you, from your perspective, how have you developed and changed since you started? I'm going to ask Katie, he's actually yeah. asking. I'm on an interview, honey. Sorry. That's okay. Go on, Katie. <laughs> oh, yeah, no. Perfect inter- interview. I know. Perfect timing. I love it. Mm-hmm. So um, I just wanted to know how you have developed, how you would say that you've developed and changed in your career since starting off on this career path. We know um, how I've changed. Well, it's funny. My friend Doug Marshall, who, you know, you think you're a super fan. He's a super fan. And he, he is so cute and so funny, but because to the point where he will literally quote me to my face <laughs> or he'll tweet like, like, like videos oh my of God, self that's me. quoting I need me. to connect with him because um, we could just speak in Gabby to each other. He, he, he speaks Gabby. He speaks like fluent Gabby. Um, me too. <laughs> and it's really, really cute. Anyway, so he so sent cute. me an, a text message last night with this audio recording, which I'll send you because you'll laugh your ass <laughs> off, um, of, of, I think it might have been like a lecture I did called like 2009 is 2009. 2009. Oh, I know it so well. Uh, it might have been that. It might have been a manifestation. I don't remember. I was trying to decide which one it was. I mean, so you can imagine if it was 2009, we're talking about five years ago. Yeah. And, um, and so it was, I was talking about being in, um, in a store, like it's a time when I didn't have a lot of money. And I was like, I was like going to a store to buy linens and, the woman was saying something about how, you know, <laughs> you're, you're, you're not gonna be able to afford that. And I said, Oh no, well, it's good that I have good taste. Cause I'm going to be very well. Yes. <laughs> and then I said to her, um, you know, you, you should you know, tune into Oprah or something like this. <laughs> and, um, and so it's really funny, but I, the, the point of the story, actually, we could talk about the story is that it's kind of neat to hear yourself talk about things that did come into form, which is right. neat, you know, but, 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 but bigger than that was I was listening to it. And I was like, wow, 
my speaking really sucks. I was like, I sound like shit. Like I was just into the sense of like, you know, I was saying, um, and like, and I sounded like a valley girl. And, and I didn't, I was like, you know, sort of being disrespectful of myself. But I was like, but you know what? It's so real. It's so who I was then. And so I think, you know, if I were to say what has developed is I've just become more and more me. And, you know, even if I've become more polished in the way that I speak or or the way that I present, that's just more of who I am today, right? Maybe I'm just more of a woman today, more polished today. So uh, by no means do I, so I, I stopped myself from, from, from disrespecting 2009 Gabby. And I said, oh, 2009 Gabby, you know, you were, you were perfect as you were. <laughs> it was very cool. Yeah. And, and ironically, a lot of people like you and Doug like those lectures better than even now because they are so real. You know, they yeah. are so, um, valley girl, lots of cursing. Yeah. <laughs> but it's hard to hear yourself back. You're like, oh, Jesus, what was I, was I talking? Yeah. There were some funny moments. Um, but so I think, you know, reflecting back, I can say, you know, even if I'm not grounded in some of the same beliefs I was in, then I still believe that they were real to me then. So they had, they had meaning then. Uh, and it's nice to be able to take a moment and look back and say, cool, that's neat. Yeah. You, you did good. Keep going. Mm-hmm. That's how I feel. I mean, that's why I love them so much. You know, maybe it is part of it might be because you were just, you know, getting started then and I'm just getting started now and I connect with, with you so much. But also, it, you know, when I watched you on, oh, I'll never forget that morning, you know, waking up. I was with my mom and watching you on Oprah and I was bawling, just bawling my eyes out because I could just, I had felt for so long, you know, I'd, I'd heard you talk about this in those lectures, you know, as like, I'm going to be sitting on Oprah. I mean, it was such conviction. And then watching that come into form, just right now I have chills thinking about it, you know, and I can sit on my meditation pillow now and just think about you and the work that you do and just be moved to tears by it because it it really just affects me and like gets to the core of me because you, you're so authentic in it. And to show like this woman for everyone listening i mean they all know but she talks her talk and lives her life and and what we were talking about just to kind of pull this all together is like what we were talking about before about you know when you feel that call to be a light worker it's great you know because you need to share and wake people up and and that's all very true but also like it's really empowering for yourself to think i need serious vitality to be able to do this work to be able to you know like fully teach I'm gonna have it kind of this push kick in the pants to do it the work yourself too you know yeah and I think that you know that's that's really a you know a great benefit from helping people by helping yourself too so yeah I mean if you're not in your own practice then you're going to really doubt what you say right yes and if there's any doubt then people can smell that a mile away and you have to clear that doubt in order to truly teach the way you're here to teach Mm, that was exactly what I needed to hear because just the the fears they just you know they come in no matter what and they're they're always so present and um well I guess that's great leads me to my next question really when surrendering your fears and your struggles um this is something you you taught me to do is surrender them in the first place but for this is kind of a silly question but can you surrender too many things at once, right? I sometimes feel like I'm surrendering so much. Should we focus in on one thing at a time, one area of life to surrender, or can you surrender as much as you want? 
Well, I think you can surrender as much as you want, but I think that if you're feeling overwhelmed by your surrender <laughs> in the process, then you might want to scale back a little bit. <laughs> um, but you know, right now, like with 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 miracles, now with this new book, I have th- this experience of just like you know pangs of anxiety, like oh my god, I've got so much to do, and I've got so much to 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 you know spread. And then I close my eyes and I pray for surrender. And one thing that happened recently was I just saw myself handing out books to angels, which was really cool. This happened in my meditation. I was like this line of like it could have been like a million angels, and I was sitting there with like this huge pile of copies of my Amazing. books. Yeah handing out the copies and what that meant was I was giving them a copy to give put to put in the hands of those who need them and so that those types of images will come to you and I mean there's no there's no greater feeling of surrender than to literally be handing it over right um and so that was that message for me that you know messages come in symbols and symbols that will resonate with you and so whether it's a visual symbol or an audible symbol or an intuitive symbol, it'll come to you in a way that you're going to be able to hear it. And so for me, that was a really great symbol of, okay, this is how you surrender. This is give it away, give it away, give it away, give it away. And one book at a time, trust that one book at a time, these books will be placed in the hands of the people who need them most. And that we, the phalange of entities and angels that were standing in the line waiting to get the book are helping me. And you are not alone. And this is, you know, this is the message that I was receiving. And I continue to have to just hold that image in my mind of just handing out the books to this line of angels that will just hand them out on my behalf and that we're working together. And when you live in that way, there's just a real sense of, of safety and security and um, the tension and the pressure and the anxiety is lifted. And so I would suggest that you surrender one thing at a time right now. And, you know, you can use that metaphor, that image, if, you, if you'd like to. Maybe I'll do a meditation on surrender and use that image of surrendering your desires to the angels. And, um, and man, oh man, is that, does that get you in the right vibe? And does it... Um, and, and I believe, to be very honest with you, I mean, my spiritual beliefs, and we can go there because we're in the wellness wonderland right now, but I believe that they are doing that. So I, it's not, this isn't just metaphor to me, this is truth to me. So um, being in that truth for me, this is not for everybody, this is for me today, and if you like it, you can come on that ride with me. But um, And if you don't, you can take whatever ride you want to take and pull what you like, but the ride I'm on is that there are this line. There's a there is a line of a million angels holding their hand out to receive the book to hand it out, and and that goes for all areas of my life. And if we every being in this world chooses to call on that guidance and that support, then we can live a much more free flowing angelic experience as we have this worldly experience in in this form. And so. Uh, you know, could sound a little heady. When I first started out, it was def- it was just metaphor, and in time, it became truth. Mm, so good! What a beautiful visualization! And gosh, I just I have to tell you, you know, the angels—it's so perfect. I actually had a massage today, Gabby, and I I woke up with this sense of like you being my guardian angel. I don't know why, but I woke up with that, and I've just I've really felt like like you're around with me, right? You know, like how you kind of said about Yogi Bhajan was with you, how John of God said that to you. I, I kind of feel that way about you, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, that might be heady, but I feel like you're my guardian angel sometimes. And so I had this massage, and, and she's so amazing. She has me choose an angel card before every time. And Gabriel. You got Gabriel. Yeah, she did. <laughs> and it said, and it said um, a guardian angel, and it was like, you are supported, because I had all this fear come up yesterday. And 
Um, and yeah, and it was like you were there with me. And it just, of course, you had that um, visualization with the angels because I feel like I'm one of them, you know, getting this book to the people who need to read it. And I feel like I need to get Gabby's work to people. You know, I kind of feel like that's why I'm here. So, um, so anyways, yeah, it's just, it's so beautiful. And I'm, I'm so excited about this book. I'm so excited about obviously all of the work that you do, but um, I guess this is a perfect time to to talk ab- about Miracles Now a little bit. I know we've, we've talked about it a lot, but um, it's all short exercises, right? And there's kundalini in this book. And could you just talk a little bit about your excitement for it? Well, you know, um, it's kind of funny. when And you'll, you'll know this when you write your book and for anyone that's, that's put creative work out into the world. Um, when you love it, you can you you can just speak about it in such a neat way right because and when you feel good about what you're sharing and when you know people need it and and so so what I'm gonna say you know will feel good to you I hope um but I I feel like this is it's such an exciting book it's such an exciting time to put this book out and it's a it's a good book. It's a really good book. <laughs> and so I think when we're in that place of feeling like it's timely, people need it, and I'm proud of it, and I love it, then the intention within that will be reached. Will will reach each being that that reads it. And so uh, the reason I feel it's so timely is because I think that there's this mass awake. I know that there's this mass awakening of folks that are may not be people that spend hours in a yoga class though those are the readers too but there may they may be folks that don't have that time in their day maybe they get to yoga once a week or maybe they meditate when they're really really screwed or they're praying when they're in that foxhole situation but they really need some tools in their back pocket to navigate through the chaos of these times. And so they're looking to their light. They're looking for that. They're searching for that. Um, they're very intimidated or overwhelmed by the, the heavy lifting that may go along with creating change, but they want it now. And so that was why I wrote this book, Miracles Now, that it gives people very, very, very serious, amazing spiritual tools that can be boiled down into such a short exercise that can be done in an instant and give you a radical shift in an instant. In under a minute, you could have a shift with many of these t- tools. And in that shift, that's the miracle. So so we all need miracles. We need many more miracles in our life. We have so much to navigate through so much chaos to traverse we have so much negativity to uh bust through and and we need miracles now and not not miracles in a year from now or miracles you know in 10 years from now once i've been through you know all this therapy um and i need the therapy and the miracles now right yeah. when the <laughs> so pressure is on you start yeah. Yes. Miracles. I can be in the therapy and getting great therapy. I believe in therapy. I love therapy. But doing great work to just shift, shift, shift now, now, now. Bust through those blocks. That's right. That's mm, right. So good. All right. Let's wrap with some quick fire questions. You ready for them? Yeah. Okay. So one of my favorite vlogs ever from you, a couple last year maybe, you shared with us your morning routine. Could you walk us through your morning routine currently? You totally love that one. Oh, my God. I you're so cute. One. Um, well, now I am in a routine where I um, wake up and I say my 
prayers before I open my eyes and surrender. I put my palms up while I'm lying in bed and I just say, you know, take, take this day from me. Show me what you would have me do. And what miracles would you have me perform today? And then I go and I make, um, I usually take a bath when I wake up in the morning because that's very uh, healing for me. And then I, uh, will make some, oatmeal with, with uh, cacao and uh, coconut oil and uh, chia seeds and hemp seeds and, then, and some tea or some matcha and I walk up to my desk and at which point I will do any different meditation to start the day that I may be in at the time and so I've been doing a lot of transcendental meditation lately because it's been really, really restorative for me. So I've been doing the 20 minutes of TM in the morning and the 20 minutes of TM in the afternoon. Um, though I'll be honest with you, I think I might start doing a specific Kriya, uh, a specific Kundalini meditation right now um, and start a 40-day practice. So it changes from time to time. What does transcendental mean? So transcendental meditation is um, otherwise known as TM, mm-hmm. and it was um, and I did the training last summer. You get a mantra. Uh, the teachers give you a mantra, and that's a mantra you can never share with anybody. And you do twenty minutes in the morning and twenty minutes in the afternoon of just reciting the mantra. That's and so cool. um, yeah, it's, it's, it's very very powerful, and it's probably one of the most uh, healing restorative practices that I know of. And I would recommend it to anybody. And there's TM. If you just Google the David Lynch Foundation, you can find the TM information. Super cool. So yeah. on the other end of that coin, evening routines. What are kind of the last few things you do in the evening before winding down and going to sleep? I really like to read before I go to bed. Um, I used to journal a lot before bed when I lived when I had a bed by myself. But now that I live with a man, I don't journal unless I'm by myself sometimes. Um, so I will um, usually, like I said, take a bath at the end of the day too. <laughs> no, I, I hope I'm not offending anybody with how much water I'm using. I usually try to fill it up halfway, um, and I'll You're take a tiny. bath. Yes, I'm small, and the bathtub is tiny. So, um, and then um, I will I will read. Usually, I'll read from a few pages of a spiritual book, um, or yeah, I mean, pretty much all that I read is, is spiritual books. And <laughs> so, I'll read whatever it is that I'm opening at that time. And um, again, say some prayers. I will, if I'm feeling very overwhelmed, I might do a certain type of meditation. Um, but usually meditations are very activating for me. So I don't usually meditate before bed because I'm pretty wired afterwards. So um, un- unless it's something I'm using to, like unless it's a specific mantra that I'm using to calm down, you know. Yeah. Um, but I, I fall asleep pretty easily. So, so that, that's, that's the routine these days. Amazing. I love that. So... You're one of the greatest speakers on the planet. I could listen to you talk all day. I pretty much do. Mm-hmm. Um, so what I would love to know, I've wondered this for a while now, any pre-speech rituals? How have you developed your craft? What's kind of your go-tos? Yeah, I'm going to talk about this a lot in my, um, you mentioned it, my Spirit yeah. Junkie Masterclass training, which is in September, which I think I, 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 I can't wait for you to be there. So it, um, happy. It's, um... You know, a big part of what I do is I write a really, really serious outline. Sometimes an outline could be literally writing out exactly what I want to say, like as if it's an essay, you know. Sometimes it's just bullets, but it's a pretty in-depth outline. And then I take 
pull from the outline and write, you know, very, very like clean bullets, almost a page, just one page or two pages of just really clean bullets of all the different things I want to say, just, just, you know, extracting from the bigger copy and pulling it. So it's very, very specific. And then, um, at which point I kind of have the story in my psyche and then I meditate and I envision the entire lecture. So I see myself in my mind's eye talking through the whole lecture. So then I'll do that in the bathtub or sitting in my meditation pillow and just see the whole lecture go through my mind's eye um, and hear myself say it out loud and, and envision myself on the stage saying it. And then once I've done that once, maybe twice, I know it's locked in. And um, then I will go to the theater, wherever it may be. Um, I'll have that outline, which I never use, never even look at it. Maybe once in a while I'll reference it, depending on how long the lecture is. But for the most part, it's on the stage with me just because it's it's a habit, but it's it does, it's in it's locked in and I barely look at it. Um, if I am looking at it, it's because, like I said, it's a longer lecture. It's more maybe more of a workshop. Um, but usually I just let it go. Um, but before I go on the stage, I say a prayer. Um, a few prayers. I say the 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 prayer for teachers that we do with Kundalini teachers, which is I am not a woman, I am not a man, I am not a person, I am not myself, I am a teacher. And then I tell I say another prayer, which is that I ask for the guides of the highest truth and compassion to speak through me. And then I'm hooked up. And sometimes I'll do ego eradicator, which is a meditation that you love. I'll do that before I go out, um, or I'll do uh, a meditation for clearing the field before I go out. So uh, depending on how heady I am in that moment, um, I'll, I'll, I'll self-prescribe certain meditations. But I usually try not to talk to too many people, and um, I also pee like forty-five times before <laughs> I go. Out. And it, that's just because I like have a psychopath thing that I think I'm like going to have to pee for because you're on the stage for two hours. So you don't want to have to pee, yeah. so I will go pee for like forty times before I give a talk. Anyone that knows me that's seen me backstage knows that like my rituals to pee like 18 times. <laughs> I love that. I love that. Um, and it's really cool, you know, too, I've heard you, I'm just going to add this for you because I heard you, I know you say this all the time. You spoke for free a ton when you were starting. And I think that mm-hmm. that's really um, helpful for people, you know, developing this craft. So mm-hmm. speaking of speaking, um, Marianne Williamson's running for Congress. Do you have political aspirations like your mentor? Can I vote for you? Can I be your campaign manager sometime soon? Um, no, I don't at all. Actually, <laughs> you can um, you can be my, my 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 campaign manager in uh, in Wellness Wonderland in, in, in spreading the love. Yeah, um, I mean, I never say never, but that is not something that's that's in my pers- foreseeable future. Um, though I really really honor. And, and cherish her commitment to politics. And um, will I be involved politically in life? We, we're going to have to be, you know, we, we, we have to be because there's, there's too much um, darkness in that area of life that we need to bring in our light. So we're all going to be called to go, you know, all the, all the wellness warriors and spirit junkies are going to be called to step in and speak up and, and be loud. Uh, what form that comes in is irrelevant. We just have to show up. Um, and so I'll, I'll do my part. I'll continue to do my part. But um, I do not believe that that is the plan for me, Katie. <laughs> well, I'm your hype girl regardless, and you're always the president <laughs> of the Wellness Wonderland. So. <laughs> um, okay, these last few are super quick. So favorite color? Um, I was always orange. I don't know. I don't know if it's still orange. I don't remember. White. White is my favorite color. It's not really a color, but it would be my favorite color if it's a shade of a color. Nice. That's a nice transition to this question. Favorite kundalini meditation? 
Um, the meditation for expanding into intuitive knowing, which uses the mantra Ek Ongkar Satgur Prasad. That's which is, the one with your finger, thumb on the um, ring finger? No, this one you just do a really tr- strange breathing, but you chant a mantra. And the mantra is so powerful that whatever you're thinking when you are chanting that mantra will come into form. And the mantra, again, is Ek Ongkar Satgur Prasad, Satgur Prasad Ek Ongkar. And... Um, it's my favorite. Oh, yeah. That's the one that comes with a warning. Yes, that's right. Mm, so good. Okay. Favorite prayer? Um, oh, I I always believe my probably my favorite prayer is um, where would you have me go? What would you have me do? What would you have me say? And to whom? Mm, so good. I say that in the morning and I add what would you have me wear for sure. And then mm-hmm. my newest one is what would you have me share? I really like that too. Mm-hmm. Um, nice one. So good. Favorite day of the week? Monday. Favorite hour of the day? Four o'clock. Favorite place you've traveled to? Brazil, John of God. Favorite on the go spirit junkie snack? Mary's Gone Crackers and Hummus, which is on my desk right now. <laughs> Love it. Favorite vegetable? Mm, eggplant favorite fruit um green apple what is the superhero power you would like to have for a day to whisper in the ear of everyone in the world i would love for you to have that too (laughs) favorite beauty ritual bathing (laughs) so good favorite movie 16 candles (laughs) favorite book (laughs) Um, a return to love, definitely. Favorite song and and Gary, um, Gary Renard's book, The Disappearance of the Universe, is another one of my favorite books. Um, favorite song, um, I am the grace of God, the Guru Nam Singh song. What is one thing right now that you're afraid of, but you're doing anyways? Um, hmm. well, I'm asking a lot of people for help right now because I'm in campaign mode for my book, right? And I, I have fear around that still. So, but I'm, I'm doing it anyway. Love it. All right. So the last question, which I, as you know, the name of my blog and this podcast is The Wellness Wonderland. So when I offer that term to you, Gabby, what does it mean to you to live in a wellness wonderland? Hmm. Um, well, I think that when we're in the wellness wonderland, we are thinking with the thoughts of heaven and we are, are putting our health and our well-being first. And uh, we're, we're thinking with those higher thoughts on a moment-to-moment basis. Mm, so amazing. Beautiful definition, beautiful conversation. Thank you so much, Gabby, for talking with me and everyone for listening. I obviously think the world of you and I'm so grateful. I love you. I'm so proud of you. This was so fun and so so cool. And I'm proud of you. Keep going, baby. Thank you. Thanks, everybody. Bye. Thanks for listening. You made it all the way to the end. I'll be back next week. But until then, let's stay inspired and keep this conversation going. So tweet at me at Katie Dalebout and our guest with your aha moments from this conversation. And like the Wellness Wonderland on Facebook. 
so we can all hang out there and discuss how inspired we are and how we'll apply it in our daily lives. And never miss another episode or post from me by signing up for email updates on thewellnesswonderland.com. See you back in Wonderland.